Welcome back to season two. We are so grateful for your continued support and for those new to the podcast. We look forward to sharing our getting dirty and growing strong stories with you. Where the Lotus Grows is an entirely listener-supported show. Supporting us is also designed to support you through keeping the growth flowing and also through rewards like guided meditations, personal affirmations, and extended behind-the-scenes content of our adventures in podcasting. Hop over and visit patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows and become a supporting member of the Creatitarian community. Where the lotus grows. Where the lotus grows. Creatitarians, getting dirty and growing strong. Hi, Creatitarians. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about cooking for self-care. Oh, I'm excited about this, Well, I I think of cooking as self-care, and I think of it, um, or I try to think of it. It's kind of been a paradigm shift that I've had to make. Um, But I think of it as self-care for myself because it's nourishment, but also... I am putting my love and and energy into something for my family. And so it's also caring for them. But if I can think about it as self-care during the planning and preparation, it makes that work seem a little less like work and a little more like giving. So um, personally, for me, when I think of cooking as self-care, it's a lot of looking at it from the perspective of nourishing my body, nourishing the body of my, you know, whoever I'm feeding um, and providing that nourishment, but also and then, you know, when you're washing the produce or you know, chopping and cutting and kind of getting your your gather to prepare to cook. Um, It can be very ritualistic in the preparation and the getting things together. And additionally, um, knowing that that, especially if it's something that I love, you get the satisfaction when you're done, right? (laughs) Of eating something that you love. and then in particular, you know, if it's healthy and if it's, if it's good for you, um, then that's another form of care. So it's about what you're putting into your body and then the love and the energy that goes into making a ritual out of doing it. I will say, um, I leave cleanup <laughs> for Tom and the kids. <laughs> Not that I don't clean along the way, but that doesn't seem like part of my self-care. The self-care part is really the preparation and the 
enjoying of it. And I'm just kidding. I do my fair share of cleanup, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. I know that you do a great amount of like, well, first, before we even get into that, what would, what is cooking for self-care or as self-care for you? For me, it is uh, honoring my hunger and respecting my fullness and picking foods that give me energy versus foods that, you know, Mm -hmm. make me instantly feel sluggish or want to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nick, Nick and I, for a long time, were training to be raw foodies, uh, raw food chefs. Okay. And Mm -hmm. we found that to be extremely difficult while we felt great. And we had just this unsurmountable amount of energy. uh, It was really difficult to do that amount of prep work and the cost of it became really um, sure expensive. And so when we hit uh, the great recession time period, right. When I've shared that our income took a 90 degree of turn, uh, mm-hmm. we, we became more intuitive eaters and that's where we found peace or harmony, I guess, in a, in a middle ground for us. So we like to say all foods fit except for the ones that make you ill. Mm, I like that. That's nice. Do you have anything like, so you do, I'm sure the raw food situation required a lot of prep, but I know that you do like a, a meal prep for the week ahead of time. So what does that look like for you? I make my breakfast, uh, we both make our breakfast fresh every morning. Um, right mm-hmm. now, because I'm traveling to and from the hospital every day, uh, that is a whole grain English muffin with avocado and an egg. That's my breakfast. Um, and then I drink a liter of water with it in the morning, and I have about two cups of tea. In the uh, lunchtime... Mm-hmm. Because I'm traveling again right now, it's a smoothie made with uh, mm-hmm. coconut water and some nut butter, uh, some flaxseed, and then you know some fresh fruit and vegetables in there. We have a Vitamix, uh, mm-hmm. and then my snack because because I'm so off on my eating schedule right now, my snack has been a beet and again another piece of fruit. So like this week, I'm having a beet and pineapple. Uh, And then for dinner, we usually make something that we eat together uh, for dinner. So on my late nights that I work late, I have a salad with filled full of different things like coconut and uh, different types of vegetables. And I do an oil and vinegar dressing. That's a little light for me to have. That way, if I have to, you know, bend and show a pose or I need to go to bed, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't want to have it too close to my eating time. I mean, like last night he made, uh, we usually have meat in one of our meals in the three uh, times. And so we're having meat this week and he made uh, what he calls his rendition of a deconstructed shepherd's pie. So he takes some potatoes, sweet potato, but mostly cauliflower. Uh, So a whole head of cauliflower. And then he puts just a little bit of a regular potato, like a Yukon or something. I think he used fingerlings. And some sweet potato and mixes that together uh, with some garlic and parsley. Uh, and then we have vegetables, corn, peas, carrots, uh, all mixed together. 
Uh, and then when he did the meat, he just did a, a lean ground beef, grass-fed ground beef. And uh, in there was mushrooms and onions and garlic. And then he mixes all of that together. So, you know, probably 70 to 80% of the meal is all veg- variety of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's 20% that has meat to it. It sounds and so super cozy and hearty. Yeah, and for it's this really, time of year, <laughs> we have a big snowstorm, right? So it was like a comfort mm-hmm. food for us. Yeah. Um, typically, for lunches for me, it will be a, a salad or soup. Uh, we mm-hmm. always have some sort of dinner that we prepare. We use the crock pot a lot because it's really super simple. I always have a mm-hmm. steamed beet every week. Uh, one one a day. Um, I typically have eggs in the morning. I, I need that protein. If I have oatmeal or something else, it just doesn't stick with me. And Nick has tried many versions of oatmeal with me. I like it. I don't mind having mm-hmm. it on the weekend. But when I have, when I'm working and I have set times that I need to go like five hours, I don't want to be hangry with my clients and I don't have time to right. really snack too much. At the studio, I keep raw almonds and some sort of dried fruit, usually like a, um, a fig or a mango that I could mm-hmm. quick snack on if something goes awry. Uh, and that means that I hear my stomach growling and I have <laughs> hunger pangs. Yeah. I, those are my go-tos as well. The dried mango and the almonds are my go-to like have in the, in the class classroom when we're working on things because I have been doing um I do the steel cut oats in the instant pot um and I prepped those for I have a picky eater I have a really good eater and a really picky eater that I have to prepare things for and then just as a family um then they want more like all American kind of meat and potatoes comfort food. And I'm constantly working on ways to make them more healthy. Um, but when we do oatmeal, when I make oats for Jessa and I, um, then I will do it at the beginning of the week and do a big batch of it and put flaxseed and um, sometimes chia in it and then put it in the fridge in um, little one cup containers and then yeah. it's easy to just pull them out and, you know, put lately I've been doing experimenting with um, seed cycling to kind of balance my hormones. And so for the first 14 days of my cycle, then I put pumpkin seeds and then the flax is already mixed in there. And the second half days, um, 15 through 28, then I do uh, raw sunflower seeds and some sesame seed. Um and usually I'll just sweeten it with a date or some banana or sometimes some maple syrup, depending on what my craving is. I kind of follow similar to you, like nothing complements unless it's poisonous. <laughs> um, yeah. But for the most part, you know, if it's food, it's, it's good. Um, so when you do your meal prep, do you do it all at the beginning of the week? Like, do you do Sunday? you know, do your beats for the whole week or do you do it on the go no, or do you yeah, get those Sunday. cool pre-packaged beats? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Sunday is our, um, is our meal prep day. 
And we okay. have these glass containers that have, you know, lids to them. And so we will portion all the food out and get it ready. Yeah, we kind of do similar. And then I, I don't, I make our, our meals. I, I plan them ahead of time and make sure that we have the ingredients, but I make them every night, but I will batch large things. Like I'll keep a large bowl of rice or quinoa in the fridge. And so then I have a grain ready to go. Right. So if we're going to, you know, I can throw it in a salad. I can throw it, you know, if we're having whatever it is that we're having for dinner, I can just take it out and, you know, heat it up and put it with whatever we're already having. So I try to find it easier, like on the busier days when you kind of do that, it, it just makes it easier to stay on track, I think. It is. And that's why one of the, the other piece of why this is self-care, um, it takes a little more energy and effort on the front end to plan and to shop and to do the things. But honestly, on those nights where things are crazy or, you know, there's there's after school stuff, or for example, this last week you said we had a horrible snowstorm, which is true. Um, my husband does heating and cooling. He was on call this weekend, so he was busy. He was gone. It is so great. Like you thank your past self for thinking <laughs> a future self. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Having those things yeah. because, and that's an act of care as well. Because I'm like, oh, I'm so glad, um, you know, that I that I have these ingredients already ready um so that I can just take it out and heat it up and you know my daughter's going through a phase she's three (laughs) so there's lots of phases and right now it is um noodles or rice and those are the only thing and peanut butter peanut butter has been a staple since the beginning but noodles or rice that's all she wants so if I have noodles or rice made ahead of time it's very easy to just take them out warm them up give her whatever she needs if I can convince her to have something besides both of those things (laughs) which is only 50% of the time and then I can get her you know to throw to throw a little something in there with it um it's such a lifesaver to have uh those kind of things prepped ahead of time now you're just doing for you and nick so it's just kind of the two of you do you find that you do kind of the same things over and over again or do you try to just expand your your palette and what you plan ahead we very rarely do the same thing over and over again uh, the the one okay. consistent thing we do is i have my beet that i steam in crock right. pots with either rosemary or thyme I just you know, mm. put the whole sprig in. You know, um, I never put anything in with my beet. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I, I like the herbs uh, to kind of get in there to add okay. a little flavor to it. Um, we we have been talking lately that, uh, you know, I would make when it was just me and he's out of town. You know, I can make one dinner and gosh, that lasts me the whole week. Uh, right. With he and I both together, we like to cook something new about every three to four days in the dinner component because because we get bored. Um, yeah. But we try to make it, you know, simple. Like it might be fish with rice and a bunch and a bunch of broccoli, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might do things like that too. But um, sure. 
Yeah. And, you know, if we're doing something big, like when we're doing holiday stuff and we're making a big fruit salad or we want to splurge just because just because we want the fruit salad and it's not Christmas, uh, mm-hmm. things like that that are pretty labor intensive in the chopping, one of us will sue for the other, um, which makes mm-hmm. it easy to. Yeah. yeah. Occasionally I can get Tom in on that as well. Um, he was a sous chef way back in the day. So he has all the skills and his, his knife work is actually faster than mine. And I think in the end, they look about the same, but he can definitely work a knife faster than I can. <laughs> yeah. Nick, and Nick so, is much better with knife skills than me. I'm like the coarse chopper and he can do all the fine chopping. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel I feel the same, but I don't end up getting quite as much help. Usually his helping me is keeping the kids occupied so that I can um, cook uninterrupted. Totally right. Just one of the other components to the self-care piece is it's something that I can do myself. So I really like to, in making a ritual out of the act of cooking, once everyone's out of the kitchen, I'll put on some music or a pop in the earbuds, and then it's time. Depending on what my mood is, I might put on music and pour a glass of wine and, um, you know, light a candle and cook that way. Sometimes it's, you know, an audiobook that I'm just into. I, I typically listen to, like, um, uh, nonfiction or, you know, narrative, narrative um books however when I get really into like a good juicy fictional novel like a detective novel or something I love to listen to that while I'm cooking and it's really just my time like I really take that as my time shifting it from I've always loved cooking um but you know there have been periods in my life where it's, it's more of a chore and it gets frustrating And so to take that and make it more about being a self-care strategy and really putting everything that I have into it has really changed that game for me and changed the feeling of that. Additionally, I have a lot of fun sneaking healthy stuff in to food that my family doesn't know about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I get, I try to get really creative with getting vegetables into stuff, or even if it's something like, um, we do make our own pizza. I've got a, um, you know, a stand mixer I can make the dough in. And so I'll make a couple of things of dough. Maybe I'll freeze some, but I'll keep some dough on hand. When we make pizza, we definitely put veggies on the pizza and that's not really hiding them. That's just putting them in there. But when I make tacos or when I make spaghetti or lasagna, I'm always, you know, grating a carrot and putting it in there. Or we use spinach instead of lettuce, Um, you know, something to get the greens in and to get to get the kids good nutrition, especially with the little picky eater. She's so uh, sneaky and picky and she is not into stuff like my other guy was. And it's so funny how different, you know, you think you, you raise them in the same family. You seem to think that something like their eating habits are going to be the same. They're definitely not. 
<laughs> so I yeah. have to sneak stuff in with her all the time. We're always putting cocoa in the smoothies to make them chocolate shakes for breakfast. <laughs> but it's really, you know, bananas and spinach and <laughs> avocados and, you know, right. all the good stuff. But you throw a cup of cocoa in there and it tastes like a chocolate shake to me. <laughs> it's funny. My mom used to do that with me growing up. And then mm-hmm. so I started to do it with Nick when I was trying to switch this over to being more vegetable than meat, yeah. potato, vegetable. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used to always complain to his family, should we eat the cardboard? Well, if you see my husband, he's not eating cardboard, right? And uh, <laughs> he's, he's so funny because now he'll go home and he'll be there for a week or so and he'll come back. And he's like, can we have a no meat week? Because he sees the over uh, use of it. And so that's kind of interesting. You mentioned making pizza. I love making uh, pizza dough. And and when we entertain, uh, I love to make pizzas. But I was just reminded recently this week that I forgot my love for white pizza. And white pizza has Um, uh, a ricotta feta Parmesan cheese mix with garlic and then either arugula or spinach uh, put in there. And I forgot how much I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the, um, simplicity of it and the ricotta, it's, it's almost like less cheese, but the ricotta makes it a little creamier and which Mm -hmm. makes it seem decadent. And, uh, I really had forgotten about that. Oh, you you make me want it. I've got some, I've got some ricotta in the fridge. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I'm saving that for lasagna. I mean, and and imagine, cause I've been into this lemon ricotta for the last Mm -hmm. couple of years and I like to put it in scrambled eggs, but I was wondering if you could use the lemon ricotta with the arugula on a pizza. I bet it would be delightful. Oh, I'm sure that it would. That actually sounds like it would be really good. I could see where you use uh, self-care or cooking as your self-care for individual time, you know, having Mm -hmm. two young ones at home and and caring for your father. Uh, Nick and I use cooking as our way to connect. It's like our time to come together and chat um, and have nice conversations where, you know, we don't, might not get that during the week. Right. No, I love that. I love the idea that it's kind of your time together and you're creating things together. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I think it's probably good too, from, from both perspectives, because I'm the one that primarily cooks in the house. Then everyone comes to me and is like, Hey, what's in the fridge? I mean, they know, but you know what I mean? Like, right. And so, or I'm hungry. What, what is there for lunch? <laughs> I have to tell them, Hey, there's stuff to make this or stuff to, you can reheat this. Um, well, I and in your perspective, that, you and Nick would both know what's in there. <laughs> typically, Equally. yes, but I find myself since, you know, since I've started the cancer journey and we've decided, you know, made a conscious decision to kind of keep me out of the grocery stores mm-hmm. uh, just because my immune system. Uh, so very rarely I go into the grocery store. Uh, I find myself asking him, what is there? Because I don't oh, have nice. an, an idea of an inventory anymore. Yeah. And he he organizes the freezer different than how I would organize the freezer. And the pantry is different. You know, like, it's very much him to come home after being gone for a while. And he reorganizes everything to his liking. 
and then I have to adapt and I'm like, I, I haven't left. <laughs> Why did all my stuff get changed? Um, so yeah, but I find myself doing that. And then I think, huh, isn't that interesting that, you know, I sound like my dad right now. What is there? <laughs> right. No. On the other hand though, Kim, as, as nice as, as, um, however you might feel about it, maybe not even notice it. Uh, take a moment and appreciate that that space in your brain is not being taken up with that inventory. <laughs> and that it's been freed up for something else. Yeah. Well, you know, my job now is to get the recipe. Uh, yeah. And then I, we have a, a shared in our note folder, we have a shared recipe thing. So my job is to coordinate the recipes for the week. Then he makes the grocery list and goes and gets them. And then, you nice. know. Uh, depending on my energy level, either he'll do all the cooking or I'll, I'll help him do cooking, which I, I feel good on the weeks that I can help him now because it, mm-hmm. it feels like normal to me. It brings some normalcy. Yeah. yeah. I could see where that would be comforting in that way to like get back into that routine. Isn't it also, um, I, I find it freeing that we both eat intuitively because I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of blame and shame and guilt and trends that people are trying to think that they need to fit into all of this because of marketing hype or the latest news thing. And, and I feel, I feel like it's nice just to know intuitively what you need because that's how our body is designed our design our body's designed to know when it's full when it's hungry if we listen to you know cravings we know that you know oh gosh i'm craving mangoes right now what are the vitamins and minerals in mangoes mm-hmm. um, oh that's what i'm missing or you know this is the time of year where where we kind of increase our citrus right but we need the vitamin c mm-hmm. it's cold and flu season mm-hmm no, I, I agree with you. And I think it's taken some time, you know, back season one, shout out to anybody <clears throat> who listened and who remembered. And for those who d- didn't listen, if you want to go back, we had uh, Katie Valley, an in- new, uh, intuitive eating coach on our podcast as a, a guest. And we talked a lot about that. Um, I think there is so much pressure so for example, we just had New Year's. January is the shame month of the calendar year <laughs> where, you know, culturally our, our pop culture says, hey, you know, January is the year that you should, whatever you want to do, not restrict yourself in some way. And if you're, if you don't listen to that hype, you don't buy into that hype, it's it's much easier to fall into intuitive eating, listening to your body. What do you need? What do you want? Well, it's cold. I want more comforting things. I want, you know, soups and whatever, instead of restricting yourself um, to really just go with, with what your body tells you that you need. Um, That said, I do always try to make it a point every month to kind of reevaluate and how could I do something a little healthier. Um, but I don't put any emphasis on something being bad. Right. If that and makes I think, sense. 
I think when you're being an intuitive eater and you're living by your choices, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, if, for example, I choose to not have metabolic syndromes, disease Mm -hmm. syndromes, which run in my family, uh, then I'm choosing not to eat out at McDonald's every day, for example. Yeah. Yeah. If I want a cookie or I want a fish sandwich, then I make it at home with the best ingredients that I can afford and find. Yes. That's what I was not that I denied myself anything. It's just Mm -hmm. that I chose to make it with quality ingredients. Versus trying to decrease the quality for a profit margin. Yes, we do that often, Kim. Same, same. I'm right with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think think it helps us reduce suffering, right? And right now we're kind of a society of chronic suffering. And when you make those in choices, you feel empowered. Um, You're Mm -hmm. standing up for your health and healing, your self-care. and it goes a long way. It, growing up as a, a child of a farmer, um, I love the farm to table. Matter of fact, Nick is working for a farm right now that uh, raises their own beef. So not only do they have their own, they raise their own babies, but they're also raising their own food. Um, they take mm-hmm. the meat to be grated, right? The, it's all in the care of the animal. And understanding that that animal gave their life for your life and and having that appreciation Mm -hmm. of where your food comes from. I think when you understand the whole aspect of everything that goes into the food chain to nourish you, you have more respect and gratitude for it and you tend to not overindulge in it. Absolutely. I I totally agree with you. And you can, you have more control over, um, like you said, the quality of your ingredients, the appreciation of that, but also even just portion size. So something that, you know, you make at home, even if you make, so I, again, I have kids, I can proudly say that, you know, they don't really, they've never had McDonald's because we really haven't eaten, I haven't eaten McDonald's in a long time. Um, Not to say that it's, I'm not knocking McDonald's, it was probably my favorite food at one point in my life when I was a teenager. Um, I agree. But the idea that there's still tasty stuff there, but if I, you know, come home and slice up potatoes and put them in the air fryer and I make burgers and homemade Big Mac sauce (laughs) and we make, you know, Big Macs at home, my kids know the deliciousness of, you know, Thousand Island dressing, essentially, on on a burger and how tasty that is. Um, and they can, or Jessa, another thing that she really loves is fries. But she will bring me, Kim, she will bring me a potato. And she'll say, can we have fries for dinner? That's awesome. And so it's like, well, yeah, because she knows that it's just a potato cut up. It's not, you know, reconstituted potato shaped into fries or whatever people are doing. And you know, just find a healthier way to do it. Deep fried things are delicious and we do occasionally cook that way. But again, even with that, if you're deep frying something at home, if you're making fried chicken at home 
and you're using a quality oil and, (laughs) you know, certain things that go into it, it's still healthier for your body. You're still making better choices. And as you were saying, like, you know, I have kids, we eat cookies. I make cookies, but they're also seeing a parent. They're participating with a parent. Most of the time, if I make cookies, both the kids are in helping. Um, They're participating and they're not for all of us in the house. And I think this comes with the intuitive eating piece that you're saying. You're not just grabbing something out of a box mindlessly. Like you put the energy and effort into making it and then storing it and then, you know, portioning it out. And it just becomes because that mindfulness was put into it all. Um, then it's so much easier to, to just take stock and take note of what you're putting into your body because you took the time to do it instead of, you know, I think we've all been guilty of standing in front of the fridge yeah. <laughs> with a box with a box of something, just eating something and mindlessly looking around like, what else could I eat kind of thing. Um, I'm not saying that we don't find ourselves in those traps, but for the most part, if you're making your food, um, it is so much easier to eat intuitively because of that. Even even things like that that diet culture would say is bad like uh, bread or bagels or breadsticks. You you mentioned making your own stuff uh, last week before the storm, but it was also still very, very cold. Um, I had some store-bought gnocchi and I was like, I really, really want, I'm craving like an Olive Garden style gnocchi chicken soup mm-hmm. yes. with, with the breadsticks. And so I did the whole thing. I found a recipe. I had the ingredients. I made the soup. And I, you know, had bread is the easiest thing if you have flour, flour, water, sugar, and yeast and salt. <laughs> you can yeah. make bread. So um I made the I made the breadsticks and I made the soup. And um it was amazing. And even though it's a rich and calorie dense soup. It was still probably healthier than if we'd have ordered Olive Garden and more affordable, to be honest, right? Well, you know, with all the extra snow shoveling that we're doing, you probably <laughs> burned it off. Burn. <laughs> yeah, no. and chasing chasing the little ones through the snow. We've got um, just a little, right about knee deep snow in the backyard right now, and going out with the kids and the dog who is chest deep. Yes. <laughs> it's a workout just to get to the to the back side of the fence. And yeah. Big T did snow. not want to participate in snuggling the driveway yet again <laughs> yesterday. He was like, no, I'm over it. Just put me inside. <laughs> yeah. Ari's the opposite. She wants to jump and dive and roll. And I have to uh I have to remind her to come in and reapply some musher secret to her paws and get her to warm back up again before we go back out. Uh so she, she my loves favorite it. way to have gnocchi is um, I I boil it and then I put lemon juice and uh, some dill and some chive uh, and I just and some anchovies and I just oh. put stir it all together with a little bit of pasta water. That's my favorite way to eat. Nice. Um, that was you. a twist I was not expecting. The anchovies thrown in there. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it gives it that little yeah. bit of saltiness and oil, and you need a little bit of oily, 
Yeah, and that kind of umami tastiness. That sounds good. I have a recipe saved um, for gnocchi in the oven. So you take store-bought gnocchi that's already like the soft kind. Um, and you put it on a sheet pan with tomatoes and feta and all of your spices and olive oil. And then you pop it in the oven and you bake it until the tomatoes start to split. And it's a block of feta, not crumbled feta. Um, But then when you scrape it off the sheet pan all into a bowl and you mix it all together, then it becomes a creamy pasta. Yum. And I haven't tried it yet, but it's on my list. I have a a hunk of feta specifically meant for that recipe. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to let me know how it goes. In my drawer. Yeah, (laughs) I'm waiting on that. So before this turns into a cooking show where we're (laughs) just going to discuss our recipes, um, I just want to say that I... I know that cooking isn't for everybody and I know that it feels like it takes a lot of effort on the front end to plan and to do things ahead of time. Um, But it really, really is an act of self-care down the line if you've prepped things ahead of time to have those things ready. And I cannot stress enough about how um, grateful I am and how. just blessed I feel to be to have that as a form of self-care and it took I didn't always feel that way Kim I think there was a period in my life um where I cooking was just a chore and yes I was good at it but man (laughs) you know it was a lot of work and a lot of effort and as I've grown older and as I've come to shift the the paradigm around it as I've come to see it differently I can really value it for what it is. And like you mentioned, the raw food journey kind of pushing you into or preparing you for, you know, the meal prep, like how you do things now because you you chose one way or the other. Um, do you feel similarly that it's that it's just an act of self-love to to feed yourself well? It 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 well, it's an act of self-love. It's also um let me let me back up a minute. I I look yeah. at food. I look at food as fuel. And okay. Do I want to mm-hmm. put in the cheapest fuel I can find? Right. Um, you know, we there's usually like three types of fuel, right? When you go to the to fill up your car. Yeah. Yeah. When we when money came to us a little easier, it was really easy to put in high grade fuel. Mm-hmm. When we became poor, uh, you know, we were like, oh how do we put in good quality fuel, but now, you know, our budget is half, maybe half what it used to be. And is that still possible? And so we had to Mm -hmm. really look at that. And we had to look at the fact that, you know, not everybody gets to choose healthy food uh, Mm -hmm. based on costs and what you have. So I think it's, I look at it as fuel. I try to put in the best quality fuel for my body. I also Mm -hmm. show compassion for the fact that, you know, it, it is my fundamental right to be able to fuel myself with good food. Yeah. And as I'm, you know, have now have a chronic illness, uh, I, I'm compassionate that I even have an appetite. And, you know, I had shared during chemo that I was having a really hard time digesting uh, vegetables unless they were super steamed and or juiced. And mm-hmm. so, 
you know, it, it gives me a different perspective um, to, right. to be able to think about uh, the food chain. And when I drove across the United States, uh, well, when did I do that? Maybe 2017, 2018, I drove mm-hmm. across the United States. There are a lot of food deserts out there. And yeah. I, I really enjoy it when I go to farmer's markets and I'm shopping for myself. And I know how I need to be conscious of my budget. I love seeing that the farmers are taking, you know, whip cards and things of that nature so that people can have an opportunity for nutrition and the nutrition that they need. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, the poor, they're in burnout more than anybody because they're having to work two and three jobs just to try to make a living wage. And so they really need high quality fuel to endure. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we don't stop to think about about that. And so I feel really grateful and I have compassion uh, for everyone that's, you know, doing the best that they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think um, you mentioned farmer's market. I know our farmer's market, we shop at the Flint farmer's market and they really, really made an effort to um, bring healthy food to the community. And so even, even for myself, but for, for less fortunate people, they, our farmer's market actually started a, um, during the pandemic, a a produce delivery program where you can actually order. And again, they take SNAP and WIC and and all, all forms of, uh, of um, coupons and uh, different kinds of things. And they will bring, there's a, a program where they will bring the food right to the doors of people. And I just feel like for people, like you said, that are working multiple jobs, um, we got a box because our pediatrician's office is right next to the farmer's market. So if you go in and get like a vaccination or something, they give you a voucher and you can order the box just, you know, as a, having a child. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little like it's creative because you don't know what's going to come in it. Um, and so there were some things that I'm like, oh, I haven't cooked with a turnip in a long time. I've got to figure out how I'm going to prepare this. Um, but it was so nice to get fresh, healthy produce from local farmers, like brought to my door. It was it was a great, um, great opportunity. And I, I love that more and more farmers markets are doing community outreach like that. Yeah, it makes it more accessible mm-hmm. um, for all kind for every generation, actually. You know, yeah. think about the elderly that, you know, can't get out anymore or need their child or caregiver to come and take them and to be able to have mm-hmm. the food delivered. What a blessing. Yeah. That's pretty terrific. Well, we hope that you have enjoyed this conversation about how uh, food can be used and cooking itself as a practice can be an act of self-care if you have any anecdotes or or stories of your own that you want to share to us, I think, Kim, because we've spent so much time lately discussing um, kind of personal things for us that we've stepped back from um, some specific topics. And so to throw a topic out there and have our listeners engage with us, if you want to share with us, you know, you can uh, find us at uh, info at where the lotus and then all of the Where the Lotus Grows websites on Facebook and Instagram and, and all of those places. 
Yeah, thank Thank you. And if there's a topic you'd like us to cover um, that you're struggling with, let us know that too. Oh, great. Thanks, Kim. All right, we'll catch you next time. Show notes and resources grow on our website, wherethelotusgrows.com. If you're wanting to engage with the topics we present in a deeper way, it's a great place to go for a more immersive experience and links to pertinent show information. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or subscribe on our website to get our weekly blog, personalized weekly mantra, and links to listen to the show. We're so grateful for all the reviews, recommendations, membership support, and suggestions that you provide us. As always, our member platform is at patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows. This is where you can go to donate to the show to help keep us going and get a few rewards for your support. Thank you, Courageitarians. We love having you as our Sangha. Until next week. Remember, though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended as treatment or diagnosis. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for full evaluation.